And good morning, everyone. I am so excited to see you guys all today, even though I can't actually see you. Uh, but I'm excited. Um, actually, my boys had an idea. We were going to uh, set up a bunch of chairs in front of me here and put a bunch of stuffed animals to represent each one of you. Um, that was that was our plan to make it feel like I was actually seeing you. And uh, boy, we long uh, to get together again. So please give me a call this week if you have time, if you got anything going on and you want to pray. I, I am available 100% for you guys. I love you guys and I cannot wait um, until we can get together again. Well, it is time that we start getting back into the Word of God and start studying uh, the book of Mark. So if you get your Bibles out, we're in the book of Mark chapter 9. And uh, this sermon is called The Problem We Don't Understand and the Solution We Don't Like. The Problem We Don't Understand and the Solution We Don't like. If you guys would join me to pray, uh, then we can get started. Father, I thank you for uh, uh, just the beautiful weather, being able to be outside. I uh, pray that you would keep any uh, lawnmowers from going around my neighborhood and uh, just keep us able to focus on you. Thank you for the birds that are so beautiful when they uh, sing songs of praise to you. And I, I pray, God, you'd help our hearts to be able to trust you fully and be able to um, uh, know who you are and how faithful you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to get started in the book of Mark. Um, we're going to talk about faith today. Um, and let's see. Um, faith. I, I had a joke I was going to say. So nothing says faith like the bulletproof glass on the Pope Mobile. You can think about that one for a second. In the spiritual world, there's one thing that both the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven each bow to, and that is faith. Faith is deeply important. It's, it's all that we're going to talk about, you know. Um, faith, I'm just going to kind of explain it in the most simple way, is, is a link to the spiritual power that God has given to us as his children and his servants. God wants us to have this power um, that he has promised us, and faith is our link to that. It's what determines whether you can or you cannot in the spiritual world. It's the difference between success and failure. It's the difference between winning and losing it's the difference between real ministry, powerful ministry, and a waste of time. When I really want to do something for God and his kingdom, and I utterly fail, there is always one reason, and it's faith. And I fail to understand this frequently. I tend to think there are other reasons why I failed in some spiritual endeavor, in some um, thing I wanted to do for the kingdom or um, something like that. I, I tend to think maybe it just wasn't God's will. Or maybe the problem that was confronting me was just too difficult. But really, this is my sneaky way of blaming God or someone else for my failure. 
we don't like this problem and we're really not going to like the solution. <laughs> Today we're going to see that the disciples are going to fail when they should have succeeded. Um, it's God's will that this, this uh, young boy is to be delivered, but the disciples fail in that. And then these disciples are going to come to Jesus and directly and they're going to ask him why they failed. And he is going to answer them very clearly. The reason you failed is because you did not have humble faith. You did not have dependent faith. You did not have simple faith in God's Son. And that is the one condition which God establishes and Jesus tells us for his power to flow through the life of a man. I'm going to say that again. Simple faith in God's Son is God's one condition for his power to flow through us, any man or woman of God. Faith is his condition. Faith is not a force like some people, some some pastor, preachers out there or, or uh, denominations or even just there's groups out there that think that faith is this force that you can control and it makes God do what you want. And that's, that's a completely false way to think about faith. Rather, it, it's you trusting him, denying yourself, and stepping forward to do what he wants in that faith. So it's not what you want. It's what he wants. Um, then Jesus, as we study today, he is going to give us the solution to weak faith. And that solution is going to be prayer and fasting. So the problem is weak and failing spiritual life. And the solution is prayer and fasting. That's the path to a stronger spiritual life, a stronger faith and victory in the spiritual world. Again, the problem is lack of faith. The cure to a lack of faith, Jesus is going to tell us very clearly, is prayer and fasting. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to read the entire account that we have here in, in Mark, and uh, then we're going to talk about it. But I want you to remember that Jesus has just taken Peter, James, and John up to the mountain to see his transfiguration. So the rest of the disciples were left alone kind of in the city at the, the bottom of the hill there. And uh, I, I want you to notice and think about how the disciples always run into a problem when they're separated from Jesus. And just let that sink into your heart. Every time they were separated from Jesus, they had a problem. I think the same is very true for me and for you as well. So let's go ahead and read our text and see what happens. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And then one from the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Notice those words. They could not. 
He answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father cried out with, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that, uh, that people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirits, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that uh, many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So that's our text there. Before I even say anything more about it, I'm going to read in Matthew 17. We have the exact same text, but it adds one little detail that I'm going to share with you. And that's verse 19 through 20. When the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So there's our story, quite an amazing story of a young boy or a a young, young man, uh, I guess a young boy being delivered um, and his dad's faith and the disciples failure uh, to deliver. So let's let's kind of break it down. I'm going to read specific parts, and we're going to talk about the lessons that are in there. Um, first, it says, Teacher, I've brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and foams at the mouth and gnashes at the teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And notice there, they, they could not. There was an inability there. It was an utter failure by these disciples. Um, they, they were weak and defeated spiritually when it came to this situation. And it, it basically embarrassed Jesus. Okay, and so what we're going to be thinking about today and what we're going to be talking about today is spiritual power in our life. God desires us to have a spiritual power. And, and his access to that power our access is faith, but these disciples, they show a situation where we are often in where we have utterly failed and embarrassed Jesus. Look what he says. He answered and said, O faceless generation, how long shall I be with you and how long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Jesus is not talking to the people at this point. He is talking to his own disciples. That's who he is rebuking. This expresses his frustration that none of his disciples have faith. And it bums him out. 
Um, William Lane, a, con- a, a great pastor, said, This rhetorical question expresses the loneliness and anguish of the one authentic believer in a world which expresses only unbelief. That's a good, that's a good quote. Um, but Jesus is going to take care of this problem. We just kind of need to wait and see what happens. So in our text, it says, Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, and he, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he fell on the ground, or excuse me, and his father said, uh, so, excuse me, Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. So here we have an insight into the problem. And this is a very big problem. It's rooted in his life. This is not something that's just a small issue. This is something that from childhood, it is a big problem. And sometimes we run into people who have very big problems, but they are not too big for God. The size of the problem is not the problem. Again, what is the problem? The problem is always faith. Are we going to trust in God or not? This is a very big problem. The the guy says it's been here in his life for a long time, but it is not um, too big for Jesus or for God. Look at what this guy says now. This is amazing. He says, but if you can do anything, highlight that in your Bible. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So this guy questions the ability of Jesus. He says, If you can do anything, and Jesus flips it right back on him and says, The problem isn't me and my ability or my compassion or my willingness. The problem here is you. Are you going to believe? Are you going to have faith in the Son of God and His power and authority and compassion? Are you going to believe? The problem is not my ability. The problem is always our faith. It's always the problem. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe help my unbelief man this this guy's prayer right here is an example for us all when we finally figure out that our faith is the problem that that it is the part of our life that jesus needs us to work through to to repent of to to learn to trust him uh we need to have an attitude like this guy this guy prays a great prayer. He's speaking directly to Jesus. It is honest. He's very honest. Just like we learned Paul last week said, in my flesh dwells no good thing. When we finally figure out who, how broken, how messed up we are, being honest about it is, is number one. It's helpless, this prayer. He doesn't say, I'm going to work on faith. I'm going to do better. I'm going to give more. I'm going to try harder. This is a very helpless prayer. And that is the language that Jesus speaks. He loves to help the helpless. He he desires that. This prayer is hopeful. He's actually confident that Jesus is going to hear him. Um, This prayer is specific. 
He prays straight to Jesus. He's not, no one else can help him. He can't even help himself. This prayer is passionate. What a great um, attitude to have when you're dealing with God. Passion and urgency. And this prayer is persistent. It says help in the, in the Greek is in the continual um, tense, uh, which just means he's like, keep helping me with my unbelief. Keep training me. Keep teaching me. Jesus responds to this prayer and delivers his son from the demon, as we read in the story. Jesus always will respond to a prayer of humble faith. By this guy acknowledging that he didn't have faith, but he wanted faith, he's actually showing the the seed, the root of faith has actually been planted in his heart and is actually growing. Now, now, the disciples, okay, we're going to shift our attention to disciples. This guy, he is this, this, this man with his sick son, he has really um, shown wonderful faith and, and a prayer and Jesus has met him and healed his son. Now the disciples come and they want to find out from Jesus the reason for their failure. It says, when they had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? In Matthew, he says, because of your unbelief, there's the reason. And then he gives them a solution. This kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. The reason they failed was because of um, their unbelief. And Jesus goes right on and gives his disciples the solution to broken, weak faith. And he says the solution is prayer and fasting. The problem is unbelief. The solution is prayer and fasting. For the servants of Jesus to experience his full power, they must live in close fellowship with him. And that's what prayer and fasting develop. A close relationship with Jesus. Why is that? Well, prayer causes our faith to grow and to stay strong. Faith doesn't just happen magically. It is grown and strengthened by prayer. And fasting helps our prayer to be without distraction and to be focused, uh, to be intense. Um, And so prayer and fasting help develop our faith life. So you might be thinking, well, why do I need more faith? I have faith that Jesus saved me. And that's all I need. It's my get out of hell uh, free card. And that's all I really need. And if that is how you think, that's really um, sad because the Holy Spirit has work for you to do. The Holy Spirit, uh, his heart breaks for the condition of this world. And there is spiritual work that needs to be done. And you have been invited to partner with God in that spiritual work, serving God. But you can't serve God in your own strength, in your own power. It must be done by faith and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, do you want to serve God? Do you care about the condition of this world, the condition of the church? The, do, do, you, do you want to serve the church and to, and to share the good news of the gospel with this world? These are important questions. Or are we more concerned about our own life 
and our own problems and our own uh, dreams and our own kingdom than his kingdom. Jesus has invited you. He has called you to serve him in his kingdom, to partner with him. And to do that, we must have a strong faith life. So um, this is this is why prayer and fasting are so good for our faith life, because with prayer, um, we grasp onto or we hold on to the life and the power and the will of heaven with the life of God. And by faith and through prayer, that is what we, what we do. When you pray, you are entering into God's presence and you're grabbing a hold of his life, his will you're asking to become your own, his very power you're asking for, okay? Um, and with fasting, we are letting go of the world. So imagine yourself with two hands that you engage in this world and in the spiritual world. With one hand, you need to pray and to reach out towards heavenly things. And with the other hand, you need to let go of earthly things. And that's what fasting is. It's the letting go of earthly things. You're convincing, you're, you're, you're proving to yourself that your flesh is not where your power and life come from. And that's why fasting is very, very important for our spiritual life. So let's first focus on that first part, why prayer um, grows our faith. So number one, I got five reasons why prayer helps to grow our faith. When we pray, uh, we stand in the presence of the throne of God. And in God's presence, that is where faith grows. Number two, in his presence, we feed on him. God himself is our spiritual life and food. And prayer is how we have this feeding fellowship with God. Whenever you pray, your soul, your spirit is feeding on God's faithfulness. And so your faith is growing. In prayer, number three, we worship God and we wait upon him. And as we worship him and we wait upon him, these, these two things, they give us a greater capacity to know and to trust God. And, and so as you spend time waiting upon him and just giving him your full attention through prayer and worshiping him, it, it is expanding your ability to know him and to trust him in faith. Number four, when we use God's word as we pray, it convinces our heart to live by his word and to trust it completely that he really is true and faithful. So when we pray, we, we take God's word and we pray through it. Sometimes we use prayers that, that are written in God's word. Other times we just read God's word and we just talk to him about what we're reading. That is the best way to, to pray and to spend time uh, meditating on his word and abiding with God as you spend time with him, maybe in the mornings, maybe before bed. Read the word and pray. But as, as you are bringing his word into your heart, as you're praying about it, it's convincing your heart and your soul that he will be faithful to everything that you read in that word. And that there are mysteries in that word that only he can reveal to you. So having a, the word of God, the Bible, as a part of our prayer life is a big part of this. Number five, spend many hours in prayer. 
and your faith will be increased. And I say this because relationships grow with time. I know that for me and for my wife, we love to spend time together. And it doesn't have to be uh, in intense conversations, but just together is very important for us. And God, spending time with God, God desires that same thing. He wants your relationship with Him to grow. And prayer is where that happens. It takes a uh, committed, dedicated uh, act of your will to say, I need you, God, and I want my faith to grow. I want to spend time with you. And one thing I'll add here, a lack of prayer is always a sign of pride. When we don't pray, the, the inner root cause of that is because we don't really feel like we need God. And may God convict us of that, and may we repent of our prayerlessness and, and instead turn to Him, give Him time, wait upon Him, and worship Him in the secret places. Uh, so next, let's, let's shift our attention to fasting and how fasting can uh, help our prayer life, which will help our faith life. Number one, food is how we are most connected with this world. That's very interesting. Um, and giving, and so giving up uh, food is how we let go of our connection with this world. I want you to think back and remember the garden. It was food that Satan used to tempt and to deceive Adam and Eve. And it was food that he used in the desert to tempt Jesus. It's through this physical act that we can learn to be spiritual beings. Through a physical act of denying our flesh food, we actually grow in understanding that we are spiritual beings. Um, we learn to deny the desires of the flesh, and, and we, we become more convinced that the Spirit is our only source of life. And that's why fasting is important and it's a joy only to people who want to be spiritually empowered by God. If you don't care and you just want to live your life, then fasting makes no sense and it's not important. But if you want to have a spiritually empowered ministry and life, then fasting will be important to you. When we Number two, when we sacrifice food, we are learning to live in a reality where we're willing to sacrifice anything to seek and see the kingdom of God advance. Hey, I, I'm so committed to seeing your kingdom, God, that I would go without food. I, I would sacrifice my very well-being for your kingdom. His kingdom is our only desire. We would rather his kingdom grow and live than for our very life to thrive and be strengthened. He must increase and so I must decrease. God's power, you see, is freely given to those whose hearts are devoted to his kingdom alone. He doesn't, he doesn't share his power with people who want their own kingdom to thrive. And so fasting is a way that we learn and grow in sacrificing our own well-being and strength for his kingdom. His kingdom is built by faith and spiritual power, not by the strength of men, not by the wisdom of men. And so food 
isn't that uh, important to his kingdom being grown. Um, he, he withholds, like I said, he withholds his power from those who have a divided heart, people who want their kingdom and God's at the same time. People who think my life matters just as much as his kingdom or I will not sacrifice this or that. I will not sacrifice my life, my strength, my comfort, my desires. God cannot give his power. Even though his power is offered freely to us, the conditions are faith. The faith must be in him, not in self, not in me, not in my ideas or my, my strength or my abilities. The faith must be in Jesus alone and then his power flows freely number four i or three prayer works in the unseen realm in the spiritual realm and we must grow to understand that the visible is not where victory is won it's not about how strong we are it's about his power and his spirit to win every victory and we must be remade in our thinking. And fasting is the process that helps us be remade in our, our thinking about visible and invisible things and where our strength comes from. Number four, I just want to emphasize fasting is not a work. Uh, it must be connected with prayer. If you're fasting to earn something from God, you've missed the point entirely. But if you're fasting in connection with prayer, it's not a magic work of legalism. It's It's... It's assisting a life of prayer. It's building a uh, prayer life that will in turn build a life of faith. So what we've learned today is that the solution to faithlessness is always fasting and prayer. We don't like that solution. We would rather come up with some new philosophy that we can just look to ourselves in some way and, oh, I can do something to fix my faithlessness. If I just do this or if I just try harder to do more, do that. And that's what our flesh would much rather the solution to be. But God says only a deep and full spiritual connection with him will ever grant us the power to be his disciples, to make an impact on this world and, and the evil and brokenness around us, to cast it out and to, to see spiritual victory. Those can only happen through a really close connection with Jesus. And then prayer and fasting is the way that that happens. If we want to be powerful and spiritually strong, we need faith alone. Humble faith. The man in the story who cried out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, is our example of humility and faith combined. He, he acknowledges he's broken and weak, but he comes to Jesus. He confesses, he calls upon him, and he waits upon him, and he, he, he wants that relationship where Jesus supplies everything that he needs. Jesus' response will be, I will. I will help your unbelief. I will give you faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. But Jesus, in, in James 4, 8, it says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Pray and fast. Let go of the world and grab on to me. 
You can't hug two things at the same time. And Jesus says, come to me, grab onto me through prayer and help your prayer grow by fasting. And this is a way that we can have a spiritually powerful ministry and life. A powerful ministry is not measured by the amount of people that you affect or the, the size of a building or um, the amount of things that you do. The power of a ministry is when God is glorified, when his will is accomplished, when people are set free from the overcoming power of sin, the life-dominating power of sin. When God's grace sets them free, he is glorified. And I desire for us as a church to be a truly powerful church according to God's measurement, which means I want us to be faithful, to learn to trust him, to learn to let go of all the things of this world that we think make a difference and instead trust in the power and grace and spirit of Jesus Christ alone. So let us uh, end our time now in some prayer, and then we'll get started with our Zoom meeting right after this. I want to see all your lovely faces. I want to see uh, how what God is doing in your life and how maybe we could come alongside you and how we could pray for you. So let us pray. Jesus, I thank you that there is no hope for me found in physical things. It's my strength is not the issue. And Lord, your willingness and your uh, power is not the issue, but the issue is always my faithlessness. And God, I repent and I pray, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Teach me, Lord, to trust you fully. Teach me, Jesus, that um, I can't add to what you have done, but I want to see your, see your spiritual power alive and working through my life, through my words Lord, make my words powerful by your Spirit. Lord, I pray that, our, that you would teach us that our prayers matter. That an intimate life with you is the most important thing in this world and we must all repent of all our stuff and, and, and stop and spend time with you, get alone with you. Jesus, you are life and you are so good and you're so loving and compassionate to us that you would offer your life freely to us. Teach us to live with humble hearts in full dependence upon you, full faith in you. Teach us what faith is. Be the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus. And we pray that you would strengthen us for all the opportunities for ministry that are coming in the future, that we will be ready to share the reason of our hope that we will be bold in proclaiming your gospel to this world as soon as this uh, uh, quarantine time ends. I pray that you give us many opportunities and, and give, uh, give us thirsty people who are ready for the water that you would give them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.